one hand on the charred corpse of a gator man and the other gripping the magic chair, Tim hurtled from safety to stare down the horrific creature Nessica called a carrion lion. The smell choked Tim's nostrils, sour and acrid, but the physical effects were only part of it. Each breath Tim drew within sight of the allegedly dead beast caused his head to feel lighter and his concentration to drift. Tim squeezed his eyes, shook his head to clear it best he could, and gripped the back of the chair tighter. You won't mess with concentration, eh? We'll see about that. But the beast couldn't hear his thoughts. It could only see living flesh that suddenly appeared among the decay, threatening its meal. It lifted its massive skull-like head and shifted its girth to square off with the challenger. Tim met its eyes, remembering Horsemaster Jason the lessons for dealing with strange creatures, and forced himself not to blink. The stink stung his nose and his eyes watered, but somehow Tim was able to fix his gaze on the sunken, dim lights that stared back at him from wide, deep sockets. The lion removed its massive clawed paw from the corpse it was desecrating and took a slow, predatory step toward Tim. The tight, leathery skin it had on its otherwise bald head pulled tighter as it bared even more razor-sharp teeth while emitting a low, menacing growl. A glob of saliva and burned gator viscera dripped from its maw. Behind him, Nessica dared a glance over the makeshift barricade. "'What do you think you're doing?' she whisper screamed. "'You're going to get yourself eaten! And you wasted my first good spell in... well, in a long time!' Tim didn't take his eyes off the lion's terrifying visage. Dust and charred flesh clung to the moisture of its open, withdrawn nostrils, moving gently as the beast calmly breathed in and out. It stepped to its right, and Tim mirrored it, brandishing the chair as if it were a legendary hunter's spear. His knees were bent and his back was arched. Nessica's own eyes darted between the boy and the lion. If it lunged for him, would she have time to run out of the crater? Maybe it'd be best to wait it out and hope the thing eats its fill. But could she listen to it eat Tim? She didn't know the bright side her very long, sure, but he seemed nice and determined. And if he were to be consumed by the carrion lion, she'd be right back where she started from in her quest. Oh, what was this fool doing? A chair? She couldn't believe it. Of all the things she could have summoned in that moment, he asked for a chair. That connection was as strong as she'd felt since before her banishment, maybe even ever. She could have pulled a wand of fireballs, or a great magic axe for Tim to swing through the undead flesh, rending the beast in two. He looked strong enough for it, if the axe were sharp enough. His lean muscles were tense then, his shoulders and upper arms bulged, and his thighs pushed the limits of his trousers as he crouched coiled and ready to hit the monster with a chair get yourself together ness what's the plan here tim hit it with a chair i don't want to listen to it eat you the beast growled and tim caught the slightest twitch in one of its eyes as it made note of the new sound shh the chair's not for hitting he whispered to her without breaking eye contact with the lion do you ever have a cat like a pet Now's not the best time for get-to-know-you questions. Ignoring the jab and taking another cautious step to his right, Tim continued, There was an old tabby who lived with us in the stables, a ratter by trade but we all had an affection for. 
One day I was moving some feed into the stalls and I, I, no, whoa. The lion sneered and took a short, fast step forward. Jessica flinched and gasped, but Tim held his position, chair held forward, and spun the legs around, first in one direction and then the next. The lion paused and looked over toward Nessica. I, come on, come on. What's your stable cat have to do with us getting out of this? I can hardly stand this smell. Well, it one day in the stalls, oh, carrot sticks, it's what we called her, caught sight of a rat. She was poised just like this big boy here, stalking a rat across the stable floor, slowly moving in for the kill. When a stray arrow from training hit a window, and glass fell all around the floor. The rat reflected in the shards, and suddenly it looked as though there were twenty rats. Carrot sticks lost her mind. Come on, Carrot Six is right there, I said, but Horsemaster Jace laughed. Something you'll need to know about cats, lad, if you're ever going out on campaign with the Legion. Be they great or small, cats are focused creatures. Unlike dogs or wolves, they work alone, and when they find prey, they fix on it. But they're easily distracted. If you ever find yourself hunting a lion, four spears will be better than one. But you have zero spears, Tim. Zero! Tim held up the four-legged chair with great satisfaction. Nessica stared back with her mouth agape, flabbergasted at the boy's confidence in the furniture. We don't have to slay it. It's just an animal looking for food. We just need to distract it enough so it can't focus on us as prey. We need to be the glass, not the rat. Now it's focus on me, yeah? I have the chair... I can keep it distracted. You need to run for the hill with the footprints, okay? We need to follow them and see where they go. Here. Tim carefully drew his sword from its scabbard, all the while never taking his eyes off the lion. He tossed the blade toward Nessica and it clanged on the ground in front of her. Call off a hunk of that gator, man. No, go for the hem. Something matey. Nessica scrunched her face as she sawed the blade through the twisted thigh of the body in front of her. The poor creature's scaly skin flaked like pastry, burned as it was from the lightning, and the muscle underneath was stiff with rigor mortis. The sword, however, cut better than she expected, and within moments the hawk was free. I got it! She sprang up from behind the corpse, holding the gator ham aloft in one hand and the sword in the other, a big smile on her face. Tim couldn't help but break his stare with the lion and notice her celebration, her white hair bouncing as she jumped in excitement, then falling gracefully over one of her bright green eyes. Her deep purple skin leapt from the cold, gray crater around her, and for a moment she looked as a beacon of hope that this plan just may work. Tim smirked, and then the cat pounced. Run! Tim yelled as he too sprang into action. All at once, the lion barreled toward Nessica, Tim barreled toward the lion, and Nessica made for the hill. The lion's blood-red mane danced around its neck like flames off a tracer arrow, and its muscles rippled under its desiccated skin. It roared a resonant, percussive roar that shook the stones scattered across the crater, and a pile of bones crunched under the weight of a deadly paws it pushed off, gaining speed. Nessica had scarcely made it two steps before rows and rows of razor teeth came snapping across the short barrier of Gator Man that guarded her from the full weight of the beast. For a moment, she considered turning to fight, 
before remembering that she had nothing but a chunk of meat and a boy's first sword to wield. In the same instant, however, even as her legs were churning, she wondered what the point of another step or two would be if these were her last she'd have as a living person. She'd almost rather save the energy for whatever life came next. But Tim's voice still echoed in her ears, and so she ran, shoving her legs into the ground and mustering all the strength she had to put as much distance between her and those teeth as she could. She made it another stride before a frying pan-sized claw swiped at her back, the knife-like tips biting into the muscle of her left shoulder. Ah! She heard her voice from somewhere, but she kept running. Tim barely made it to the big cat before it could bring its other front paw around on Nessica. Running full speed with the chair out in front of him, legs positioned like four spears, he slammed into the side of the beast, knocking it off balance. Both lion and boy tumbled over the broken bones and crispy scales of Gatorman. The cat was first up, and both regained its feet and leapt toward Tim in one fluid motion. Tim only had time enough to grab the chair and put it between his body and the monster. Now only a couple feet away from its snapping, drooling jaws, Tim felt as though he were being breathed on by death itself. The smell was unimaginable, and each hot snarl and exhale seemed to singe his already dry and cracked skin. Tim pressed against the chair with everything he had, praying to every god and goddess he could think of that the wood would hold under the immensity of the lion. The legs caught in the joints where front legs joined the powerful body, causing the creature enough pain to either keep it at bay or make it angrier, Tim wasn't sure. He just knew he had to hold enough for Nessica to get away, and then maybe he'd be able to outrun it up the slope of the crater if he could get out from underneath. Groaning and trying not to breathe too deeply, he pressed again, trying to get some distance between his face and the dripping, snarling maw. The points of the chair legs dug deeper into the flesh of the lion, and it hissed in pain. Tim pressed again, arching his back and hips, using his legs as much as he could. His chest burned and his muscles ached, but with a yell he pushed. The cat roared back and saliva dripped on his shoulders and face. The lion's teeth stretched before him, its two huge incisors nearly the size of his standard-issue Talon Infantry short sword. His arms started to shake, and he could barely keep his grip on the back of the chair. The weight of the beast was just too much. The teeth were getting closer. To each side of him, he felt the heat of the lion's huge front legs. The thing had all but engulfed him. He wouldn't be able to hold too much longer, even as he summoned what strength he had left to regrip the chair before one more push the lion countered by pressing down on him. And then the lion roared and rolled off him. Before he could see what happened, Nessica was awkwardly pulling him to his feet. She still held the gator shank in one hand and the short sword in the other, though now the blade was slick with black blood. Her hair was matted with sweat and her eyes blinked irregularly as she stared up at him. Tim could barely lift his arms from the strain of holding off the lion, but when Nessica stumbled, he caught her. He felt a wetness on her back, but before he could say anything, the lion snarled. Nessica and Tim righted themselves, doing what they could to square off against the monster. Its sunken eyes shifted between Tim and Nessica and back again. I can... I can cast another spell to this time get us... something we can... Nessica staggered away from him several steps before catching her balance, the lion moved to follow, but as Tim stepped toward her, the lion stopped and shifted his attention. Tim stopped, too. White Nessica, I... I think... two may not be as good as four, but... Quick! 
Toss me the leg. The elf made an awkward toss off her back foot as she struggled for balance and winced. The lion's gaze followed the short arc of the meat through the air as it tumbled in Tim's vague direction. The carrion lion took a step toward the haunch, and Tim worried he missed his chance, but when Nessica staggered, the lion again stopped to inspect the new movement, and Tim lunged for the meat, drawing its attention back to him. Okay, now, Nessica. Ness! She was wobbling on her feet, her arm limply holding the sword to her side, and Tim saw the blood on her back for the first time. Oh, no, Nessica, stay up. Come on. We're almost out of this. You just need to do one more thing, okay? You need to get up the hill when I say go. We tried that already. We're gonna get eaten. No one's getting eaten. The lion licked its non-existent lips with a black, wet tongue as Tim started waving the meat chunk back and forth. Listen, we're the chair now, okay? You, me, and this piece of gator man are legs in the chair. We're gonna take off in different directions, force this thing to focus on one of us. You and your stupid chair... You can make fun of me for the chair when we're out of this crater, okay? I'm going to count to three, and then you're going to run, all right? You can run still. You're standing, so I can run, human man. One. It's one of the only things I can still do. Can't even lift your shitty sword. Two. She tried to lift her arm, the sword dangling in her slender hand. Wait, how did it... Three, run! Tim threw the meat haunch directly at the lion, hitting it square in the face. The lion leapt back in surprise, all four legs leaving the ground at once. At that moment, Tim took off for the hill, up the side of the crater, churning his legs as fast as he could and hoping Nazica could do the same. When he was halfway up the hill, he looked over his shoulder to see her clawing up the hill some thirty feet to his right, dragging the sword with dark blood running down her arm. She stumbled when some rocks gave way under her feet and slipped down the hill back toward the lion. Tim cut to the right, bounding across the hill, and reached her before she could slide too far. The carrion lion looked up at the sound of the falling rocks, and seeing them bunched together gave up on the haunch. It lowered itself in a stalking position and started to creep toward them, ready to pounce. By this point, Nessica had fallen over completely, blood soaking the back of her tunic. Tim crouched next to her and felt the gashes on her back from the lion's claws. The lion that was at this very moment creeping ever closer to finish the job. Tim was running out of options. Nessica's breathing was growing labored and the blood wasn't stopping. The big cat had just about reached the bottom of the hill. It sat back on its hind legs, eyes fixed on its wounded prey. When, with a crush... Wood splintered all over its bony head as Tim smashed the chair into its face. The lion roared and turned back toward the corpses, deciding that all this wasn't worth the effort as it swatted away splinters of broken chair. Tim scooped Nessica's small body into his arms and trudged up the hill toward safety. Hey everybody, Gruzzle here. Thanks so much for listening to Chapter 3 of The Tim Story. And thanks so much for your patience as we shifted the schedule once again. But I promise there will be no more... Bar- okay, I shouldn't promise that. Things happen. As as the last few days 
have uh, shown me in spades that, that things have things happen. Uh, you ever have one of those technology days where where you just want to walk in the woods and never come back? Um, but in any case, um, we we are currently anticipating no foreseeable problems that would prevent us uh, from having episodes. Uh, shift around in the schedule for the rest of this calendar year. So uh, we are recording again uh, soon, and we will return to the main story and continue with the main story uh, from November 16th through to the uh, holiday season. Uh, So um, there will be uh, new episodes out November 16th with the main cast, with the main story, uh, and we will be back to tell that tale. very soon, which I am excited to do. We it's been a very long time uh, since we were all able to get together, uh, and uh, it, it, James was being so funny, and everybody was being so funny, and I, I just want to get back to being funny with my friends uh, as much as I enjoy Tim, and I hope you are as well. Uh, we are going to have a couple more t-shirts for the end of the year on the Patreon, patreon.com slash dndndpon, so go check that out. I've seen the first early design for the next one, uh, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, it'll be a long-sleeve tee uh, for the winter season, so uh, if that appeals to you, go check our Patreon. Uh, 20, that's the $20 a month level is the t-shirt club. Um those are coming. We will get both that we are owed for the end of the year. The September one uh, is a little bit late because of Beth's convention schedule, and we'll have the December one as well. So um, those are coming. Uh, it, sorry if you can hear James in the background making a protein shake. Um, <laughs> and uh, we have the recipe card for the steaks just came out on the Patreon. Uh, patrons get ad-free episodes and early when the schedule allows for them to be early. Uh, so go check that out. Uh, Beth's going to be reopening her shop soon. Uh, so BethBRad.shop. Uh, follow Beth on Twitter and Instagram and Twitch for uh, updates about her shop if you want to find out more about her uh, amazing artwork. Um, and yeah, uh, that's that's pretty much it for now. Uh, just a couple of ads, and then we will get back to the second half of this story. Thanks so much. In all seriousness, thank you for listening to these. They're, they're really uh, uh, something different. Um, that I've I've really enjoyed working on and uh, will continue uh, even if we do get this the recording schedule under control. Um, this story is going to continue and run parallel to uh, season five. So um, this won't be the end of Tim, even though we uh, we will be back to a regular rescor- recording schedule. Um, Tim Tim will uh, be part of season five. So um, in his own parallel way, that's not a spoiler announcement or anything. Uh, so, uh, thanks again. Uh, really appreciate it and, uh, do what's fun. Sometime later, Nessica roused from an uneasy rest to find herself face down in the dirt, a stinging sensation overtaking her back, which felt cold to the gentle evening breeze. Just past the pebbles and sticks that occupied the space immediately in front of her face, Nessica saw her cart, and Budo softly grazing on crumble bushes, clinging to the rocks by a stream side. The stream flowed from a small waterfall next to what appeared to be a cave or a rocky outcropping. A small fire crackled under a pot from which a steady flow of stream rose into the air. There was a strange scent in the air she was unfamiliar with, 
Her head throbbed with each beat of her heart. With more effort than she anticipated, she dragged her hands along her sides, preparing to lift herself up, but an immense pain shot through her shoulder, and despite herself, she yelped. I slow down. The herbs haven't fully dried yet, and I don't want you to open up those gashes again. You lost a lot of blood, Tim said from behind her. He scampered in then, a bundle of sticks in his arms, and dropping the sticks by the fire, knelt next to her to inspect her back. The herbs like the herbs you used on my horse? Nessica asked with a tone, but physically she relaxed into the ground. A healing herb is a healing herb, as far as I know. And if you think you're better than Buddha over there, you haven't spent much time with horses. Or whatever he is. Budo turned his bulky head in their direction at the sound of his name, then went back to munching on the weeds. Regardless, I've stopped the bleeding for now. But you're going to need some help from someone who knows what they're doing if those are going to heal right. Stitches for sure, and I was never strong with a needle. Just animal medicine. And you're very welcome indeed, Miss Harris. Where are my manners? She said through a smushed, dirty face. Thank you so much for your brilliant chair plan. Yeah, I was thinking about that on a ride, and it may have been more of a metaphor for teamwork than an actual strategy for dealing with large feedlines. But it all worked out in the end, eh? Jessica pointed at her back, suffering through the twinge of pain to make her point. Definitely. <clears throat> Worked out great. Well, Master Jace used to say any day above ground was a good day. Well, I guess in this case, any day not eaten by a demon cat from hell. That was just an undead monster. If we ran into a demon, we'd definitely be dead. An entire feasting hall of chairs wouldn't have helped us then. Tim ignored the jab. There are demons here. Oh, yeah. And they are not known for their love of humans. Maybe a couch, though. That could do it. Or does your horse master recommend an armoire? Tim lay next to her so she could see his face when he rolled his eyes. She smirked. You said you were thinking on the ride. How long was I out of it? Well, it's like close to a day. It's hard to tell here. The sky always looks pretty much the same. It wasn't always like that. The moon hasn't risen in a while. No one knows why. Very strange place, Tim said with a yawn. Help me up. I can't lie like this with my head in the dirt or my neck will hurt worse than my back. Okay, but be careful. Favoring her right side, Tim helped her ease off the ground. Hope you don't mind, but I found some gear in your cart and made a camp. Carrie and Lion didn't stick around long after we got out of the crater. It took the chunk you cut and buggered off. By the time I brought the cart around, you were pretty well out of it. I knew a trance of some sort. I thought you were dying. Elven meditation. It can be pretty intense in times of extreme stress. I'd say nearly bleeding to death qualifies. What happened then? I used the herbs that were left in the sword to make the poultices as best I could. I had to improvise a bit with some, uh, mud. It's fine, it's fine. It's, it'll be fine. 
again, better than bleeding out, right? Plus, the soil seems to be pretty heavy in clay, which is probably better, I'd imagine. Anyway, once you seemed okay, I realized you weren't actively dying. I took another look around the scene. I follow the tracks from the crater. Pretty sure we're dealing with one person, be they gator or otherwise, bipedal. They crawled up the side of the crater using their hands. From there, they moved north and northwest, moving cross-country and not taking the roads, which I found interesting after you had mentioned they were most likely a patrol. Why wouldn't members of the local garrison avoid the roads? I couldn't tell you. Indeed. In any case, whoever they were made it to the stream where I lost a trail. He sighed a sigh that turned into another yawn. He dipped the tin ladle into the pot over the fire and handed it to her. The stream wasn't the freshest, so I had to boil the water. It should be cool enough to drink. It's no team time in the officer's quarters, but you need some fluid in you. <sighs> he yawned again. Thanks. You should try and get some rest. I'm up now. I can keep watch. You just like to pass out. I am. Oh, no, I'll be all right. To be honest, I did try to rest my eyes on the ride. I, uh, couldn't sleep. Jessica knew what he meant. The nightmares. So there's no break from it as a bright sider. Or at least not yet. Judging from the sky, he made a pretty good guess, and she was out for most of the day. He must be exhausted. His usually square shoulders were slumped toward the tiny fire. His steely blue eyes didn't seem as focused. But behind those eyes, Tim replayed the information he had learned. There had to be a next step. Even if he didn't have any clues to follow, he could trust his gut. But his gut wasn't telling him much other than trying the gator meat may not have been the best idea in the world. Tim was stuck having to think this one through. What's next? He muttered. Huh? What's next for what? Asuka sipped her hot water and winced. Uh, I don't know. What's the next step? He reached into the pot and splashed his face with some water, then blinked hard several times to clear the tired from his eyes. What do we do next? What did the thief do next once they got here? If we knew that, then we'd know where to go. Huh. That's interesting. Tim groaned as he stood, then walked over to the edge of the stream. That's one way to go, isn't it? What would they have done? Then we'll know what to do. They knew enough to come to the stream and wash away a trail if someone would follow them. Which is something they were worried about, otherwise why wouldn't they take the roads? You know, this is actually making sense. If... They stay out in the wilds alone, they'll stick out. I know we do, but no one is looking for us. That we know of. He ignored her and continued. So they'll need to go somewhere they can hide. Assuming they don't have a safe house nearby, based on how far the trail went. Hmm. A town. <sighs> the last part came out as a yawn. 
He sat on a rock near the stream, or rather caught himself as he nearly collapsed. He was so, so tired. But the onyx eyes and that voice... He couldn't go back there yet. Not until he really had no choice. He brought his knees to his chest and wrapped his arms around them, letting his head fall between them. He'd head to a town, of course. A town where they could find an inn or a tavern to lay low, or a broker of some kind to sew the bow, or a doctor to tend their night... her... I mean, wounds. She was trying to stand, but could barely use her left side at all for risk of opening the cuts. Tim's long stride was over to her side before she could protest. Yes, of course, you you need to get those stitched. No, Tim, I didn't mean... Ah! She clutched her wound. She looked at her hand, and she saw a little blood. Oh, okay, careful. Let's just get you to the cart, all right? I'll pack up, and, and we'll make for the nearest town. You said something about black bogs before, right? Maybe it's north-northwest of here? Uh, yeah, I I think so. That's right. All right, let's, let's get you to the cart. He put her arm over his shoulder and helped her across their small camp to the back of the cart. I should probably warn you. Oh, gods! Nessica got her first look at the blood-stained cart. It looked as though it were freshly painted. This was me? Yeah, so let's be careful and not stretch those poultices more, okay? Easy there. There you go. That's good. I'm not a horse, Tim. I can sit. I I know, I know, Habit. Sorry. He said about picking up their camp. Town seemed like as good a next move as any, but he still couldn't shake the feeling that this hunch was based on nothing that he could see in front of him. Still, doubt was rapidly being replaced by concern for Nessica. Without her, he'd be alone in this horrible place. Plus, what kind of adventurer would let his first teammate down like that? Certainly not a soldier of the Talon Empire. Certainly not any of his heroes. Regardless of his theories about the behavior of the bow thief, they needed to get to a town. And fast. Tim, the... Black bogs aren't like any town you probably have in your golden cities of crystal and sun. That's not what all cities are like. But you hear that? Listen to me. This place isn't kind to humans. Most will be indentured servants working the fields. Others are in the refineries, working under conditions your fragile bodies can barely withstand. The lucky ones are personal guards, although often enough those end up as personal gladiators settling petty disputes between their lords with their lives. But that's not the worst part. This is a blood zone. We're under the control of one of the mist governors. Humans who don't fall in line are sent to holding pens, where they become the governor's personal property. There are no human adventurers here. Tim gently put the last of their supplies in the cart. He took a deep breath and looked off toward the unknown town so hostile to his kind. He clenched his jaw and Nessica saw the focus come back into his eyes. He put two hands on the rail of the cart, drummed his fingers, and sighed. Nessica found this reaction curious. This was genuine bad news. But this human boy had not once even hinted at despair. 
The look on his face as he worked through their predicament was frustration, sure, but frustration that he couldn't work through the problem faster. After a long pause, she opened her mouth to say something when... So which one am I, then? What? Which... What are you? Humans on adventures here. They're workers, guards, or prisoners. So which one am I when we get to town? I may have the meager clothes of a worker, but I think God makes more sense for a cover story since I'll be driving you in and looking for a doctor. And I'll be able to wear my sword in case anything goes wrong. Oh yeah, surely that old thing will save us. You did okay with the lion back there, miss. That's right, she did. That simple sword shouldn't have... But then there's your clothes. Excuse me, sir? I, I just mean the type of person with a personal god would have some kind of wealth, yeah, to pay for the god? First of all, you overestimate the value of a human here. Second, I was dressed just fine until I lent someone my nice Halaxian-made cloak that someone got blood and drool all over. And whose blood is that, okay? Don't light a pipe when the walls are made of pitch. <laughs> Don't make me laugh, guard. It hurts. Come on, let's get going. The further it gets into twilight, the harder it'll be for even Budo to see the path through the bogs. Tim snapped to an exaggerated attention. Right away, my lady. Would her ladyship care for a blanket for the ride? And he bowed a deep, ridiculous bow. <clears throat> Tim. Yes, miss? For real, snap to it. I think I'm going to pass out soon. Oh, shit, sorry. Yeah, we'll, we'll go. Tim suddenly felt hot with embarrassment as he fumbled his way into the driver's box and snapped the reins. You'll know when we get closer. There's... A smell. Okay, but you still need to navigate me, okay? Stay stay up back there. I'm pretty tired, Tim. I know. Me too. He was indeed. But whenever he closed his eyes, he could see the shadow with Onyx's eyes. He felt the gold burning of its claws. He knew the emptiness it meant. Keep each other awake, do you? No nightmares tonight. That's right. Not tonight. But as the darkness crept into the sky, Tim felt it heavier and heavier himself, gathering behind his drooping eyelids. And just behind that lurked the shadow, a gray shade drifting unnaturally through his subconscious mind, stalking every thought. And as the flares of the black bog refineries lit the dark sky, Tim saw them reflected in Onyx. D&D and D is a More Park Media podcast and a Spotify preferred partner. Written and edited by me, James Gressel. D&D and D is performed by James A. Janice, Chelsea Rebecca, Beth Bradloff, and Mike Sigan.